Welcome to the Knock on Archery podcast, where we bring all archers and bow hunters together from all walks of life with the goal to educate, empower, and inspire you to be better both in the field and on the range. How's that sound? Sounds good. Cool, dude. Well, welcome to the podcast studio. You've seen everything <laughs> else. What do you think? Men of many talents. <laughs> So what do you think about your uh, archery school, the school of knock? You just, you took a crash course. Both of us had tight schedules, but we made it work. It was <laughs> to the point, no wasting time. Everything was like, um, the teaching was good. So it wasn't like, okay, a lot of killing around and no, and I'm a, I'm a, I like, I don't mind going over the basics again and again. So like last night, you were afraid I was going to stay up practicing with a little toy. <laughs> click, click. I'm not click. so sure you didn't. You might have. You might no, just not have told, might not have told me. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I gave you a release and a, and a little shot trainer last night just to, to like give you a little nugget of what we were going to talk about today. You thought I was gonna stay up all night. No, I got the, I got it down. Okay, now I gotta put it down. It's like teaching jujitsu. I don't suggest the guys to learn a move and go practice at home because then if I develop a wrong habit, the next day is gonna be harder for you to fix that wrong habit instead of trying to show me something new. So I practice in front of you. When we're done, okay, okay, I'm done. I got it right. So I'm gonna put it down. Go to sleep now. That's so important. A lot of people <laughs> miss that point. I really feel like I feel like too many people focus on thinking that just numbers of practice means that you get better, that you can master something. But it's not necessarily time when the time's not spent prop practicing properly, right? It's it's like a I don't want to develop a wrong habit. So I'm trying to um visualize not even memorize visualize you looking at me staring at my elbow okay your elbow is wrong horse okay I, I got it i put it up <laughs> yeah i'm the same way very like micro analytical about about myself for technique and um right now like i'm trying to self-teach guitar and i'm taking it very slow but i'm just doing the same thing so much to where I don't want to learn the next thing when I know that I haven't learned the first thing properly or like to where subconscious is doing it correct. And I know that it's doing it correct. If I find myself making mistakes, I feel like if I move on to the next thing too fast, then I'm going to be, be repetitively practicing this other thing wrong rather than just taking time to do it to where naturally I'm doing it right without thinking about it. But having an instructor next to you <laughs> makes a big difference. Big difference. <laughs> having yeah. somebody pointing out or just looking at it and shaking your head like you did to me a couple of times. And I was like, I'm going to choke him out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, Caleb really was hoping that we would roll just so that he could watch you choke me out. I mean, I'll I'll let you do it if you really want to. Oh, so you're going to let me do it? <laughs> yes. Got it. <laughs> Just making that clear. <laughs> yeah. The one thing about archery versus jiu-jitsu is 
you need to, you've got a hundred yards to close that distance <laughs> and I still have an advantage. <laughs> Once you get to zero yards, I agree. You've like <laughs> at that point, I think he's challenging me. Yep. <laughs> no, I think, um, I think the two disciplines are so critical to people who are Honestly, there's people that struggle to like find a path to what really makes them happy. And I don't know if you will always find the thing that makes you totally happy. But I think when you find things that challenge you every day, and it's, I've never met anyone that has no competitive drive at all. Like a lot of people, even if it's a kid that has always got participation awards, you can still tell if they don't do it, they're not happy with themselves. So when you pick up a bow and all of a sudden, you know, you, today you had things going really good, really good, and then all of a sudden you had one get wild, and I could tell it just that <laughs> switch flipped. Like, oh no, you just didn't do that, and and then you kind of look personal, at me like, why? It's a personal mm -hmm. challenge. It becomes everybody have their personal to get better. Yep, and I think both of those are so good because it doesn't take much for you to be for you to suck again. You know, and when and when you're good, it's so rewarding. But that's why you have to practice every day. We're creatures of habit. You gotta practice, practice the whole time. Can be uh, um, just oh no, I'm good enough already. I don't need to practice anymore. Yeah, for sure not. One of the things that I talk about, I call it selective cycling. But I on I saw someone make a post about it the other day, and I'm trying to think who it was. It was someone pretty famous. Um, made a post about, and it might have it might have been um, it might have been a guitarist was saying um, I never practice songs I'm good at I only practice songs that I'm bad at, which is very on par with my philosophy of selective cycling. So I always pick whatever the worst part of my game is, and that is what I will practice on until it gets either better or something else is worse. And then, so I'm always just spending the most time on what I'm bad at to where I can just polish that and polish it and polish it. Otherwise I feel like you just avoid it forever and you'll never progress at it. And it'll eventually start dragging other aspects of your game down. Do you agree? I agree, but you have, um, soccer, a soccer player kick equally good with both legs. Yeah, but he got one penalty, one kick, to decide if they're the champions or not. He's gonna choose his strong side. So yes, it's good to practice what you're weak and the side that you're weak or the what you're lacking. Yep. Because you already depend on this. You already, but if you have to, you can always go back to that side and do that right side. The, yep. The perfect side, the perfect archery, the perfect. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I polish that stuff enough, like in game time, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times it's really hard to practice at the same competitive level as what, when it's game time, you know, whether it's a hunting situation, you know, it's, it's really hard to imitate the nerves and the chaos of what goes on in a hunting situation. The closest I ever got to it was tournament archery where, you know, you're shooting and you're shooting for a medal and everything's on the line and there's people watching and, 
you know, and you know whatever result you have on a piece of paper is history at that point. It's, you know, everyone will always know about it. That was the closest I could ever get, which is why I competed to be better as a bow hunter because I felt like that was the only thing that climatized me to comp- or to a hunting scenario. What I tell the guys when they're going to go fight or compete or I tell them, look at it as if it was a, another training day. With a few more people watching. Yeah. We love TV going on, but don't worry about that. It's another training day. You're going to do another training day with a different sparring partner. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you don't know. But look at it as another training day. If you do what you didn't do in the training day, you'll be fine. Yep. So instead, people sometimes get too nervous or the, the butterflies. And dude, it's another training day. Yep. A couple more lights. Bigger stadium, more people, but don't worry about that. It's another training day. It kind of relates to what I was telling you about when once you start to shoot further distance. It's very much the same. You know, I told you, I'm like, listen, the prize is further down there, you know, and there's like more excitement to it. But your arrow isn't going to land in the gold if you don't do. The mechanics don't change. Yeah, if you don't act like it's training day and just execute the same thing as when we're warming up for 10 minutes, like it should always be the same. But some people try to, you know, once you get tight and tense, it's kind of your enemy for a lot of times. I mean, you need, you need to have the adrenaline you need to have that drive. But that comes with experience Mm -hmm. that you can, it's very hard to change. That's like walking into a fight. On the beginning, a lot of people get ner- get nervous. By the end of their career, they're like, man, it's another fight, man. It's just no big deal. Yep. So, like, a couple of times I walk out, I had to stop, call my brothers. It's like, guys, relax. I'm at home. <laughs> I have to calm them down. Let's go do this. And they're like, dude, okay, fine. Go. Go do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the one thing with competition. You're able to do it so much, like, you know, I traveled when I competed a lot. I rarely unpacked my bow case with my number one bow. I normally only worked on like my number two bow and I would practice and drill for the few days that I had off, but I would only be home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then Thursday I'm traveling again. So, you know, when you're in game time every four days, you never really have time to deescalate. You're, you know, you, you're, you kind of just, it's like getting in hot water. You just, you get to the point where it doesn't feel hot anymore because you, you've never stepped out of it. You've just been in hot water the whole time. And then it makes any of the hot water kind of feel the same, right? But then that's why you have the ups and downs. You got to know how to peak on one day and then stop everything, come back down again so you can time it and peak at least that's, that's how it is for fighting. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes the guys win or lose or and they want to right away go back to training. I said, no, 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 no. Spend about three weeks at home, a month at home. Oh, that's smart. Then come back and start training again because I won or I lost. I want to go back and do it again right away. Next week he's already training. I said, I normally tell the guys, take off some time. Take some time off. Take a, at least a month off. Three yeah. weeks to a month. Don't do anything. Don't lift. Don't run. Let the body crave to come back. That's such a good point. It's I talk that, about that in um, competing. 
Um, like normally when you try out for, for a, like a world championship team, the trials are quite a ways in front of the world championship. And I remember a lot of my friends would make the team then immediately be training so hard that after two and a half months passed, they've overtrained and mentally they're just burned out. Whereas I would, I just knew my body well enough to know that I need about just under four weeks to, to really be peaking as a, you know, you gotta time it. So I would, know. I would just go fishing. I'd play golf. You know, I would shoot a little bit, but nothing like it would just be for fun. But I would always know, okay, I'm four weeks out. Now is time to buckle down. And then I was hungry for it once I got to the, I hadn't overtrained. Then you just start to climb up that, mm -hmm. that again, the hill again. It's like, okay, I peak on one day that I need to peak. And then you got to give time again to come back down, back up again. But that experience, like you said, that's a lot of coaches, I think, can estimate that time. But every individual is just a little bit different. So, like, some people may not need as much time. Some people may need more. You know, I guess that's where a good coach comes in to, to recognize, too, how long it takes that, you know, that athlete to get back to where they were, but then be hungrier to where they can actually be better than what they were. I would think it'd be harder in fighting because, like, with, with archery, I can compete today, but I could also compete tomorrow. Whereas with fighting, you know, you're really training for a specific opponent, right? But they normally give at least six months, five, six months apart between the fights. So you can take some time off yeah. still, even if it's like two weeks, three weeks and go again. But it's, I find it's not good to just keep going back right away to training to pick up the next fight. Dude, give a, give a few weeks off and then start again. Yep. Your body's fresh. It's craving to train. When you talk about nerves, like at your first, for <laughs> me, I remember it took, it probably took a dozen professional tournaments before I started to like know what was coming and feel okay with it. When you did the first UFC one, your dad pretty much selected you to represent the family, right? For that. And you hadn't fought yet. No. First time, no. I mean, I had some challenge matches back in the garage day, but it was more of a very under control because the guy was fighting us and we were trying, I was trying to turn him into a student. So it wasn't exactly, he was trying to fight, but I was controlling, trying to make him sign up to become a student. <laughs> but it wasn't a real, real top guys level, do you see? It was just future students. Do you remember what you felt that first, like for your first fight when you walked out for UFC one? Another training day. Did you feel that way? Yep. Mentally, you were that Most, on key. My fights, I'm always asleep. An hour before the fight, my brother had to come in, tickle my head, wake me up because I'm asleep. <laughs> he's like whispering me, he's like, it's time to get up. Can you please go stretch? It's like, okay, fine, go ahead. They stretch me left, right, pull my arms, pull my legs, Spread me apart, like, ah, shake me up. Damn, <laughs> you bro. You gotta wake me up. <laughs> Dang. Personal qualities. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> wake up the sleeping bear from hibernation yep. <laughs> to just come out and kick some ass. It's like, okay, guys, I'll go. I got this. But that's, again, it's knowledge. I know what to do. 
when it comes to fighting. You got to fight right now. Okay, let's go. You see, it's like I don't have to, oh, no, no, I have to get ready. I walk around this way, fight this way, so there was no getting ready. It's like if you practice all the time. Yeah. And tomorrow somebody calls you out and challenges, it's like, okay, I'm ready. If you have to say, no, no, I need three months to get ready for this challenge. Whoa, you're not practicing. So I'm practicing, but not pushing my limits. But I'm practicing. It's like sometimes not even shooting the ball, but by teaching, you're practicing. Yep. Yeah. You repeat that motion without firing the, 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 the arrow a bunch of times yesterday and today by just showing me. So that is practicing. A lot of people don't like the repetition and the practice. They like to just go to the challenge and go compete and go fight. And No, you got a repetition. You fight. I mean, you, comp you repeat and you, you get your muscles in place yep. to, to draw. But then... But you get your mind there too. It's like for a lot of people don't realize the importance of, of mental imagery. And for me, when I coach, and I think a good coach, even if I'm not shooting for a whole week or two weeks because I'm coaching, I am talking about the perfect shot so much to where when I step up to do it, I'm almost doing what I've been visualizing. Like what I've been wanting to see you do, I've been wanting to see you do that, wanting to see you do that, wanting to see you. And then I'm, in a way, I'm wanting to show you like what I'm talking about. And I think when you go through it so much in your mind as a coach, you do it because you've rehearsed it so much. Before my fights, the night before, I'll sit down, I mean, lay down in the bed, put my three coach, the main guys that I'm going to listen to in the corner, on my corner, I put them sitting down, and I'll lay down, and I'll close my eyes, and I'll visualize the fight. I'll dictate the entire fight from beginning to end, different possibilities. If I'm on the ball, if I'm on top, if I take the hit, if I hit, if, it, if I take him down, if he takes me down, so they know me, how I'm going to react, so they don't get in a panic. Yeah, It's more for me to let them know, hey, that's how I'm going to react. If I take a hit, I'm going to drop on my butt, I'm going to pull guard, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but don't worry, I'm good. You see, I'm letting them know. So, yeah. yes, I do visualize a lot. So a lot of the stuff when you're teaching me earlier. This is really I'm, cool. I'm processing on my head. I think you saw me. I kind of look away and I kind of, yeah. I'm processing. How is that jujitsu? Okay. And I'm figuring it out. I'm visualizing as you talk. I'm putting on my, as a vision, not just a listening and not hearing you how many times I'm not just listening to you but uh, did you hear what i said nope i have no idea what you said i just listened to you but i didn't hear you no i'm processing visualizing the movement the elbow i'm picturing the whole thing on my head to print it inside and printing it it's like <laughs> major operation inside the head and it's like <laughs> some students that would do that i would have hit them across the back of the legs with an arrow but for you i'm like i ah, just let, just let them process this and i'll repeat it <laughs> didn't need to repeat that much i hit good man come on yeah you did you did good. how many I, times i'm good <laughs> how many times during those visualization processes on the you know when you were laying on the bed how many times did you actually manifest the exact outcome all of them really all of them that's awesome some of them 
I even, of course, there's a couple loss that I had that was totally, it's not because I wasn't present. I, the, the ones that I peak on the wrong day. Yeah. So I wasn't present. So that two losses, then that was because was, I peak on the wrong day. I wasn't, I didn't, the body walk out. All the techniques stay in the locker room. Mm. <laughs> but then there was one fight that we timed between Hoyle and I. We timed the crowd. When the crowd boo, it's going to be the time that he's going to get impatient. He's going to swing hard. And that's when you get in a clinch. So make the fight boring. Let the crowd boo. Now, wow. that is strategy right there. Yeah, make the, yeah. Make the fight get boring. The fight is boring, boring, boring. Two and a half minutes into the fight, the crowd start to boo us because of a boring fight. He loses patience. But that, you have to know your opponent. I knew he was going to lose his patience. Yeah. Lost his patience. He's stepping with a big right hand. That's when I got in a clinch. <laughs> That's awesome. There's been a few times that I feel like I've completely manifested the outcome you know like very specifically there's been a few times prior to metal matches where you know i almost played out you know we start out 10 you know three tens we go three tens again you know i missed the first nine he holds then he gives one back with two arrows left and then this is how i'm going to feel during that time and here's what i'm gonna have to pull together to finish out 10, 10 to win the medal. There's been multiple times that's happened, but there's also been multiple times where I've done it in hunting as well, where I'm like, okay, this bull's going to do this. He's going to come here. He's going to react to this. He's going to come back. This is where my shot's going to be. I have to, you know, I have to know, be ready, right? And then all of a sudden it's played out. And there's been a few times where I've discussed that with people that I'm mentoring and, they're kind of looking at me like, how do you know this is going down? But it's almost like a vibe that you just get from experience. And then all of a sudden when it plays out, they just look, they're like, how did you know that? I don't really know why, but I could see it. Like I could see the whole puzzle piece. Like I could see the chessboard moving and I knew what moves were left and that's what was left. There's a difference in between visualizing and I can visualize the, the, the deer or the elk or passing by and, and I'm not going to have the shot and I'm going to release, I'm going to pull back, I'm going to reset because I'm not in position. Or, okay, I got the shot. That is strategy. Different than people ask me sometimes, I go, difference between that and strategy is I'm going to visualize the perfect fight. I'm going to come out, I'm going to throw a side kick, I'm going to get in a clinch, I'm going to take the opponent down, I'm going to mount on him, throw a couple elbows, he turns around, I choke him out, now win. That's not visualization. Yeah. That's a wish. Yeah. You wish the fight goes that way. <laughs> Have you noticed the opponent didn't do a thing to you? <laughs> Nothing? Everything? That's a wish. So yeah. you don't confuse. Yeah, yeah the perfect size bow is going to come out and I'm going to be in perfect spot and I'm going to draw and I'm going to shoot. That's not visualization. That's, that's, you're not visualizing anything. You're just wishing that that happens. Yeah. Visualizing. That's daydream. That's daydreaming. That's daydreaming, yes. But what we're talking about is almost, it's almost intuition that you 
you conceive to play out exactly how you want it to because you know what's the reaction. You That's know what's different. Gonna, yes. Yeah. You're able to strategy. That's strategy. I call. Yeah. It's really cool that to you know how they're gonna move, and I know how the animal moves. Mm-hmm. He's gonna come from there to go over there. It's just I guarantee you he won't go this way. I guarantee you he's gonna go this way. That's his path. I know it's a strategy. That's how they, they walk and they smell, and that's when they put their head down, they put their head up, and that's when you move. And you see, that's strategy. Yep. How good was your dad at it? Very good. Did he know? Did Very he good. know what was coming? With with people, it would be more like uh, for people that didn't know him. If you ever train with him, he would be like um, you get yourself in a position. He'll go kind of like me. A couple of times, I I think you thought about saying, but you just didn't. Mm-hmm. When I pulled the arrow, you probably thought, "Okay, go back, horse. Don't fire. You're gonna miss." You probably thought about that. Oh yeah, I because about you it a knew. <laughs> really, <laughs> reset. <laughs> but you didn't say anything, and I was able to fix it up and let it go and pull it off. Uh, yeah. But a few times, <laughs> I can see you behind me, like thinking, "Oh my God, just reset and then start all over." <laughs> it's like, "Yep, that was my father." It's like, "Okay, it's a it's, this is not gonna work." Yep. You can make it probably work because you're fast, because you're strong, because you have personal qualities, but a normal person wouldn't pull it off. So he would be like, sorry, it's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Reset, do it again. <laughs> and I can feel your vibe of thinking behind me. It's like, ah, he's going to miss this one. <laughs> That's why you just powered through every time too. And then I just like, I didn't fix it. I'm not you're like, oh, yeah, you're like, dad, I'm going to prove you wrong right now. tell me what's impossible i'll show you (laughs) i'm gonna prove you wrong what was the most impressive uh match you've ever seen your dad i never seen my father fight i was too young oh really by the time i was born he was already retired done fighting he was on his 50s when he was when i was born but i mean but did he never like show you signs where you would think oh damn did he ever like Kind of like Yoda, when all of a sudden he oh, yeah. shows you at one no, no, one little he, moment, all of a sudden he, he breaks out something where you just thought, oh. oh yeah, he it was a lot of uh, trust. Put your finger on that, on the release, trust. If you don't put your finger on the release, arrow go off right <laughs> into the ground. So put that. If you trust that thumb on top of the release, you will not go. Man, are you sure? Me, if I pull, it's gonna. This, this little tiny hook is going to be able to hold all that pressure. Yep. So he taught a lot of trust to yeah. us. Do it. Put your elbow back like a railroad. Just pull back your knuckles. It's, it will work. You will hit the target. Plus, it's so rare when you find someone that can make that many people good. Like where they they make such good coaching decisions to where you're just like, He's making them good. He's making them good. He's getting like it's just it's almost like a language that you just realize he invented the language, right? That's why it's, it's speaking it so so clear. Making us good, but it was never force. It was always in a challenging way. So always and there's so many of us 
we always challenge ourselves, always challenging who's going to get better, who's better, who's being who. And there's always a challenge. It's always became always a challenge, always a, a quest to find out who's the best. Did he ever lose his cool and just get really pissed at, at any time during a practice segment? No. He never did. Because he understand. Oh, dang. He understand mistakes are going to be made. It's like some of the guys that saw arrows and sticking on <laughs> top of the wall. <laughs> what are you going to do? Yeah. The mistakes already made. It's like little kids. You're going to you're going to yell at the guy for that? It's like uh, it's like it's done. It's already passed. Let's make sure that this doesn't happen again, man. But it's, eh, I'm not going to get mad. He he doesn't ever get mad. He never got mad. How long do you think people need to practice? All the time. We're creatures of habit. There's a lot of tough guys out there. There's a lot of talent people out there. But without discipline to get up and practice, they don't stay on top forever. If you don't practice, talent goes away. And that's very common in sport, any sport. Soccer, basketball, baseball. Oh my God, this guy's so talented. The best pitcher ever. For one season. Next season he's gone. Disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to him. His talent is gone. Somebody figured him out. You see. Boxing. Judo. Anything. Jiu-jitsu. If you don't constantly practicing. If you rely on talent. I'm good. In living the party life. Without training. Because you're tough. And you're good. Your talent. Yeah, it's not going to last long. Yeah. Soon enough, we'll catch up to you and the other people figure you out and you're gone, disappear. Then it becomes hard to come back. So it's constant practice. When not, you, fi- not fighting. Yeah. Like, you, like I was saying earlier, you did the, the, that draw showing me how to draw a bunch of times, yesterday and today. Yep. That is practice. Right. It's not like you have to go to competition and, nope. Yeah, because I talked to you about that with that shot trainer. I said, you don't have to draw back all the time. You know, if you're focusing on just the step of the shot routine, which is anchor, just having a little slack and just visualizing the last inch of your draw like draw cycle, bing, and finding this. Because even just that routine is so important because you don't have to practice the whole motion because you have the ability I to make mistakes. I have to. <laughs> you saw I me. Mean, I, I had to put my thumb over finger, figure it out so I can practice the whole motion. You could. <laughs> but eventually you'll put a magnifying glass on it and you'll start like zooming in on more specific parts of that draw cycle to where you're like, I want this part of this whole sequence right. Like, and I'm going to make this part right. Yep. And then you move the magnifying glass to just a slightly different part. And practicing is much more fun. A lot of people like to go duke it out or go to competitions, but that hurts sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Well, the truth is, like, for archery, if you go to a competition, you really don't shoot that much. You know, you shoot a qualification, then you might get into a ranking round, and then you go off in the first round, and then you're watching for two days. <laughs> So it hurts. Yeah, yeah, it hurts for two days. <laughs> Very true. Very yeah, true. You said practice is fun. 
going over the basics over and over. Is there anything you would do different in life? Nothing. Zero? Even my loss, I would repeat the same ones again. Wouldn't change a thing. Because I don't believe it would be it would, it would be a domino effect. Plus, my loss, it's like a shaking the tree. All the rotten apples fall off. All the people that I thought was my friend are gone. Yeah. It's good to know. Wouldn't change a thing. We'll do it exactly the same all over. This morning you talked a little bit about um, one of your, well, you, I think it was your son, right? Your son started fighting? Yes. And you said he got the loss out of the way right away. Yep. So one of the things that I've talked about is I feel like it's just as important to learn how to lose as it is to learn how to win. And there's some people that are very like, you know, alpha ego dominant that refuse to lose that just don't even see how that's relevant. But it seems like that's, that's the person that that's the person that it'll hurt the worst when it happens. When they lose, they crumble. They can't come back. It's the, the world finish. So yeah, my son, he lost his first fight, but one, two after that. So, but the one that he lost was like, he didn't even get hit. Nobody hit anybody. They just didn't do anything to each other. So the guy just, they give it to the guy. But it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do but you, you have to learn. You do you think that's, know. do you think that's important at all levels of practice or training? Or do you think it's something that just needs to happen on occasion to to kind of set the ego in check a little bit? On occasion. Yeah. It's a, nobody likes to lose. I don't like that I have two losses in my, in my, in my career. Yeah. But you have, it's good. It's good. It's good to put you back in the, on earth. <laughs> what do you normally tell people when that happens? If you have someone that's... Um, you know, very ego-driven, right? That would be kind of detrimental if a student was that way. How would you address it? What would you tell them? You have to know how to lose. To win is easy. To know how to lose and come back, keep your head up and and go back and do it again. It's a plus. The amount of people that are doing this, it's a very very small amount of people that compete on that kind of level mm-hmm. on any kind of on any sport if you think about it besides soccer that's famous all over the world but archery yeah. if you think about it the amount of people that compete is very very small oh, it's teeny so smaller than small really so the percentage that you are both already everybody mm-hmm. by competing by showing up being part of the history yep and so you just tell them to embrace that and then let the cards fall where they may. Yep. Make don't, sure you're prepared. Don't don't let it affect you. It seems like it's a much harder pill to swallow when you go somewhere to compete and you underperform, but you also know that you underprepared. It seems like when you have when you know I did this on a hunt one time and 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 I it's still it's still one of the the hunts that haunt me because um, it was when we moved to Iowa, we had a a pretty busy schedule. Normally at the end of August, I go to Alberta 
and we came uh, we came to Iowa, looked looked around, ended up making an offer on a place, but then three days later we had to go to England. We had already planned a trip to see family, so we went back to England for two weeks, came back, and ended up having to move to Iowa within five days so that Harry could start the first day of junior high school because we didn't want him to like not be part of that first transition you know and so we moved here and then I had to go get another load of stuff from Wisconsin and then I moved back and then all of a sudden I realized my hunts in two days and I remember um, my buddy called me and said you know are you ready to go and I just said yeah I'll be fine and I remember just the night before just undoing boxes and just throwing all my hunting stuff in there and, you know, this was only 10 years ago. And, you know, I was kind of right at the tail end of competing. I think, I, you know, from, a, from an accuracy point of view, I'm sure I was probably at my peak. So it was like, this is nothing. But I remember I got there and all of a sudden just made a bad mistake, made a poor shot choice, missed and I remember, like, the my guide just looked at me like, did you totally miss? And I just said, yeah, I missed. And then he, he kind of just brushed it off. And then the next day, we went out. I made another stock. Stock was good. And just, like, ended up making a shot but didn't, like, pay attention to, like, limbs. Hit a limb, deflected, missed again. And he just looked at me and he said, what the hell is going on? He goes, do you need to go practice with your bow? And I said, honestly, I need to just, I'm not going to hunt until I tell you I'm ready. And I went and just, I packed all my stuff back up in my case because when I got there, everything was in a mess. I just threw everything in. So I repacked everything in my case, how I would pack for a hunt. And when it was that way, I went outside I had a target. I set my case there. I unpacked all my case, laid my gear back out, and then just said, okay, let's practice at 20 yards. Let's practice at 30 yards. And I just shot at 20, shot at 30, shot at 40, shot to 50, put my hunting gear on, went back to 20, shot, shot. Just took a whole day of shooting, and then the next day I just said, I'm ready to go. And I remember – I remember thinking, like, it doesn't matter that you've done this 20 years. You weren't. Not ready. Not, not You were ready. I think you had a lot on your mind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Your well, mentally, was I wasn't some, prepped. Yeah. Somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Sounds like when the beginning, when you said I was here, I was there, I was doing this, I was rushing there, and not much sleeping here and going to rush. And, yeah, the gear is there. You know what to do. The skill set's there. But the mind was somewhere else. Yep. So you had to stop, come back, bring the mind back. The mind is here now. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't because the skill left or the equipment is old and outdated or broken or missing. It's your, sounds like your mind wasn't there. Yep. So you guys stop. That's why a lot of fighters have a hard time stopping fight, stop fighting. Sometimes they get too old. You got to know when to stop because the body doesn't recover anymore. No, I'm going to do one more. And that's when you get hurt. Yeah. Because your mind is not uh, hungry anymore. Yep. 
you're just doing it because you're so used to do it. You're so used to the glamour life, walking the stadium. But your mind is there? Not really. So you got to know when to stop. So that's what you did. You stop, go back, repack, take a day off. It's not because the equipment was bad or right, the yeah. skills were bad. It's just your mind wasn't present. Mm-hmm. So you have, you have had, a presence have, of mind. Have you ever had a time like that? In two fights that I lost, one of them, I wasn't present at all. Even my brothers came up to me. He's like, what happened? Where did you go? Come back here, man. Come on. Where did you go? <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to fight. All right. Didn't care. It's like, they were, that, that one was bad. Where was your mind? Wasn't, I peaked on the wrong day. I trained so hard that I peaked on the wrong day. And then the opponent did exactly what we, we thought he was going to do. He did exactly what we thought, what we trained for. I'm the one who didn't show up. So it's a, that happens. It happens sometimes. Peak on the wrong day, wrong time of the camp. I push too much. You see. But nah, the rest of the times, they all, I was always present, always hungry, always, because I always took that break and I always come back. And yep. What would you do during your break? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so you can get hungry, take a couple weeks off, and not a run, not a lift, not. But I mean, training. would you would you like shoot guns, or would you hang out with the family, or eat, family. or surf, or family? That's it. No exercise whatsoever. No nothing involving exercise. Let the body totally recover. Okay. It recovers much faster. Yeah. It seems like the older I get, the more I need that. Like the more it's important. Because it because so much of like I think once you get to a level where you're like more of a coach or a mentor, it's even more rhythmatic and systematic and repetitive to where like, you know, you gotta have your mindset right to where you're you're present during that coaching segment, right? So like for me, the guitar's done it because it's so out of the realm of archery, it has no relevance to where if I'm gonna actually do it decent. I have to forget about archery. And even if I forget for an hour, it's like a power nap. It's, it's honestly like a power nap because then I can come back and I could, I could finish writing an article or I could, you know, even make a post if I'm writing something that's, that's teaching oriented. Um, but yeah, those breaks have have to know how to walk away. Um, people think sometimes that you have to do all the stuff today i got a hundred stuff on my list yep i'll get to it when i get to it i'm definitely not lazy i'll work on it but i'm not gonna stay to do it all of them so drive me nuts so it's like i'll go down the list i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it but there's a time that i gotta say stop i gotta go to sleep now yep or i'm gonna overloaded today tomorrow i'm not going to perform anymore i'm not going to be able to do it because i'm super tired and i can't travel i can't teach i can't do my stuff and so you got to know how to pace it's not irresponsible irresponsible if you just don't do it and you see at home playing xbox that is irresponsible yeah you see but besides that you do it but then there's a time that you got to stop 
to eat. Yeah. No, I'm not going to eat today because I got so much to do. It's like, what? <laughs> Try driving the car without gas on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stop because I don't want to waste time filling up when the gas, fill, uh, the gas station filling up the tank. So I'm going to keep going. But then you run out of gas. Yep. <laughs> you got to stop, fill up the gas. You said one thing today um, that I thought was really cool. And it, and it was when you were talking about the three different aspects to jujitsu that, that you need to be good. You know, you got to know what you're doing. You got to have uh, gas on the tank and then it becomes power. Yep. So you were talking and I'll let you talk about that, <clears> but it, it kind of relates. So when I coach, I talk about a trifecta a lot and I tell people that there's three aspects to their game that, that, that all like have to play together. You know, they all have to play together and there's certain times where one, if it's weak, the other ones will pull it through but I always say that you're mechanical, so your equipment, that's the one thing with jiu-jitsu is, in my opinion, your, your equipment would be, like, your knowledge of technique. You know, like, what 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 arrows do you have in your quiver of, like, what moves and defense do you know? Like, that would essentially be your mechanics. But then you also have to have the physical stature, which comes from practice and the stamina, and then the third part would be, you know, your ability for R and R and nutrition to, to know your body enough to know, like you said, when to peak, when you can peak, what you need to do to fuel it and what you need to do to rest it so that it, so that it peaks. So you've, you've really got this fuel, you've got the mechanical, and then you have the physical side and, you know, you have to train those and worry about those individually, but there's certainly some that can lack and the other ones will pull them through but there's also ones where you could have the best bow in the world, but if your mechanics aren't there from a technique point of view, it does not matter. Like you could know every move, but if you can't do it right, yep. then you're it doesn't miss. matter. Eventually you're going to miss. Yeah, so we've got time for you to expand on that a little bit and, and just kind of go through what your philosophy there for people. Because I think it's relative to archery, but I also think it's obviously it's very relative to jujitsu. But I think it's so important for athletes to it's understand simple. this. It's simple. It's first thing you have to know what you're doing. If you don't know, you see, I have no business playing American football. I don't know how to play American football. Don't know how to throw the ball. Don't know how to catch the ball. It's like, don't know which way to go. So don't know, you don't know. You have to learn. I didn't know how to shoot a, shoot a ball, but now I know. And now I'm a black belt. Kind of. <laughs> Brown. <laughs> All right. Okay, purple. Come on, come on man. <laughs> but then once I know, now I have to have endurance. Because you can have the fastest car in town without gas, power alone. You're not going to push that car everywhere. It might push somewhere, but not all the way. So and then becomes power. So a lot of people sometimes comes over, they look good, they rep in shape, got a lot of endurance, but they don't know how what to do. Or they know what to do, look good, but without the endurance. So all I gotta do is wait for the first three, four minutes, he tires out because he has zero endurance. You see, so we gotta have in that order knowledge, have the, the endurance and then the power. That's awesome. Dude, it's a been a pleasure. Thank Ho you. Hopefully we hook up again yep. sometime.
you you've been next fun. time is gonna be on my turf <laughs> on the mat all right i'm down with that i'm down with that <laughs> all right man thank you for coming to iowa and uh yeah we got to get you on a plane thank you all right be sure to check out knockonarchery.com for our full line of custom designed products as well as free in-depth education and bow hunting entertainment to help you shoot at your best